Hi, and welcome to The Light Leaders, a podcast for light workers who want more money, power, and impact. I'm your host, Alex E. Lember. I believe that we are currently in the middle of a global awakening of humanity and that leveraging entrepreneurship is the fastest way to raise the consciousness of our planet. So in this podcast, I interview light workers and conscious entrepreneurs who follow their soul mission and have built a business around it. I call them light leaders, and this is the new paradigm. You will hear their stories and more importantly, receive tools, tips, and strategies on how you can also impact more people and grow your business while following your soul mission. If you hear little nuggets you love and you'd like to share, Screenshot this episode and share on your Instagram stories. Make sure to tag us at the Light Leaders Podcast and we will repost. There's a device I love and use almost every day. It's called the Healy. It sends specific frequencies to the body. It's been developed by quantum physicists from Germany and it is the next evolution of health and well-being. It has amazing results. On top of it, it's an entrepreneurial opportunity. This is how I monetize my lifestyle, my brand, and this podcast. So if you're interested in getting this amazing device for yourself, or also in the entrepreneurial opportunity, I would love to help you. You can go to www.thelightleaders.org slash Healy, H-E-A-L-Y. Hi, and welcome to this new episode of The Light Leaders. Today, I'm with Kevin Oroz. Kevin is a coach, mentor, and archetypal visionary. He's a speaker, entrepreneur, performance philosopher, and student of humanity's myth. He is driven by offering his voice and presence to improving the lives of people all over the world. Through his podcast, The Re-Evolution, online courses, evolutionary men's work, and private mentorship, Kevin teaches others how to create more impact and success, ignite polarity in relationships, and claim their kingdom. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Alex. Really honored to be here. Mm. There's a question I like to ask first is, what are you grateful for today? I mean, a little meditation we just did before hitting live. I am really grateful and I feel like I'm getting more grateful every day to be in Bali on this beautiful island during Armageddon. It feels <laughs> really good to be here. And I love this island, this culture, this land. I'm just really, mm. really grateful. A new normal is pretty different from the one of the rest We're of the world. We're rocking ancient normal out here. <laughs> and so I've had you, Kevin, on episode 72 of this podcast. It was called Awaken the Divine Masculine. I absolutely love this podcast and I encourage people to listen to it. The angle on this one will be more around flow state mastery and you've built uh, also your business around it. We'll talk about it. So to give some context to the listener, can you share a little bit about your vision for the world, your why? and how your business helps to bring that vision into manifestation? Great question. Um, curveball in the usual interview of like 
how did you get here? What's your story? So I actually love this. <laughs> That's the second question. Great. <laughs> well, the, the vision, my vision for the world, I mean, which is tied to my why, but the, my vision for the world is to bring about the golden age of humanity, mm. which has happened before. It's a cyclical thing. So what that might look like is all beings on earth living in harmony, which sounds like a 60s hippie cliche, but like in actuality. So energy systems, finances, um, cultural relationships, relationship to nature, relationship to each other and God are all that is like a, a united humanity that still has diversity, but we figured a lot of it out. doesn't mean there won't be challenges, but we won't be doing things like, you know, trash clearing and burning the Amazon. We won't be doing things like putting toxins in our food or, or going out and killing each other to gain land, women and gold, you know, that's the dark age. So that's my vision for the world is that we actually enter a, a new age on this planet as a species. Um, and that's my why. That's why I do what I do. My why is all around being a permissionary and a articulator and a storyteller using my voice. That's my main gift to speak into this stuff. This is the great philosopher Terence McKenna said, we can't inhabit or occupy a reality we cannot describe. So a big part of this awakening right now in 2020 is creating new language and reviving old language. A lot of it, we mm -hmm. actually don't need to reinvent the wheel. We just need to take back a lot of the sovereignty, creativity, and power that is lying dormant in human beings, which is why um, I do what I do. Mm. And can you dive into what you're doing? How is your business helping that amazing, beautiful mission that I completely resonate with? Yeah. I mean, the, the main thing I do is coaching. So I, I coach men and women's like individuals and groups um, all around things like relating, upgrading language, authentic polarity, sexuality, and like creating healthy relationships and um, building and scaling conscious businesses, mainly helping people move out of corporate or a nine to five into a side hustle entrepreneurship mm -hmm. or helping already established entrepreneurs create more balance and flow in their business mm -hmm. and actually come into connection with masculine feminine harmony so they're not overworking burning out or they're not like floundering or confused so mm. that's a lot of my work um, i also do workshops retreats in person is my favorite actually um, my podcast and yeah i'm an author as well i just released a new book this year sex masculinity and god the trilogues so me and two mm. co-authors um, wrote 10 chapters of deep philosophy around what it means to be a man in the modern world, um, relating sexuality, love, death, like the big existential stuff. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, it feels really good to, to have that mm. out in the world. That's a new avenue for me is uh, authorship. Nice. And now we'll go to the hero's journey, but to keep it like um, to the point on what's your story, but especially how it led you to um, follow more your soul mission, a path that's a little bit different than uh, the usual path of the society. Totally. Um, let's see if I can nutshell microdose my hero's journey. I've had a lot of practice at this. It's great. Um, born and raised in Texas, middle class conservative Catholic family. So in that environment, um, big things to note pre-university was like I was super imaginative, super shy child. I lived in books. I lived in film, media, um, was really, really interested in history, um, biology, evolution, and also like sci-fi fantasy. Like that was like, I just loved it. And I really connected to writing. Um, 
I mean, this is interesting. I haven't thought about this in a while, but first grade in America. So I must have been six or seven or eight. I went to like the finals in Texas for like a short story contest because I just wrote this short story and my teachers freaked out and I was like, and then my parents freaked out. And that was like my first like moment of like, oh, okay, my imagination has value. So growing up, didn't find my tribe really for a long time. I felt very, yeah, I felt out of place. I felt like an alien. You know, I played American football. I played soccer. Um, I tried to go into the, you know, alcohol culture of high school there and just was not feeling it. So flash forward to university, was going to study law and government, political science. Um, the woman I was with at the time, the girl I was with, thought was going to be my wife. I was like fully in the Catholic programming, like one woman for me, we're going to get married and have kids, white picket fence. I was like fully on that track. And in 2010, I found out that she'd been cheating on me. It was like full betrayal in my tribe. And that was the first moment I really encountered like real pain. Like before that, you know, family members died and things were happening. Um, but at that moment I was like, whoa, like full depression, anxiety, like drinking all the time, insomnia. Like I really got wiped out. And that year I discovered yoga and martial arts and took my first plant medicine journey. So what those kind? things, what's that? What kind? I mean, for me, it was cannabis. Mm. I had never touched cannabis at that time. And then very soon after psilocybin. So my whole world got flipped that year and switched my major to psychology and philosophy. It was like, I'm not going to do law. And really the journey just kind of upward spiraled from there to where I was going to go to grad school, move to California, repeated the same cycle with a woman, although she didn't cheat on me, but we went through this whole cycle um, where I went through my first Burning Man, entered the Bay Area psychedelic culture, started doing freestyle spoken word and hip hop. I mean, I just was popping out of these bubbles, but then still in the nine to five working at a university going to go to grad school. And so then I had another epiphany doing Qigong at suns at sunrise at this university and, uh, sold everything I owned, packed a backpack and bought a one-way ticket to Asia. And at the same time, discovered entrepreneurship, wrote my first blog, built a website, um, actually bought Bitcoin and it was 400 USD. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I, I went on a full, um, Full hero's journey in Asia, backpacked all through Asia, ended up in India studying with an Osho Sanyasin that was the guru and then a, one of Iyengar's like core students mm. and went through a whole teacher training and experience there and then backpacked the Himalayas in the Annapurna circuit in Nepal. And that's what brought me back to LA where I founded a lifestyle brand and kind of, you know, that was six years ago, five years ago. So since then I've been traveling the world, mm. speaking, leading retreats, workshops, going to masterminds, coaching and like living into that quest and obviously a ton has happened since then. Mm. And why, why I'm so happy to have you here in the chair is because you're, you're an artist and you speak really well and you're a lot about flow, but you ground that also into entrepreneurship and building businesses. And I think that's exactly, um, the people I like to interview here because, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to know. So you, you do all these practices that require flow also like spoken words, for example. And, um, how did this, how did you build a business around it? Because you have a, an online course about flow state mastery. So when did you go from, okay, these are interesting practices and they help me to that's something I can create a business out of. 
I mean, I, I was very much in the academic mindset for a long time. So I lived in my head. I was completely disembodied. The first time I did plant medicine or did somatic work, like in somatic and bioenergetic, like therapeutic stuff, it was like opening Pandora's box. Like I just was like, whoa, there's so much below the neck. Mm. And that was a big, hard journey for me at first. Um, but I, I want, like basically I created that course for like, that was the course I wish I had on early in my journey. So in between going full-time coaching and leaving that backpacking journey where I was just living on savings and wasn't an entrepreneur yet, um, I did a lot of stuff. Like I did, I did taught yoga, personal trained, but the main thing was I worked for a super high profile nutrition brand, like in its golden age, which I won't name, but, um, if you've ever had schmullet proof coffee, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, and that they were very hyper aware of high performance habits and rituals. And so that was a huge initiation for me. And I discovered all that. And basically, I, like what I realized with my clients when I was coaching, um, living in L.A. and San Diego, that I the first thing we had to do every time when I would work with them was create rituals and habits mm -hmm. first. Then we could do the deeper work. So basically, the course was like, let's just get this all out of the way mm -hmm. and package it up with a bow so I don't have to keep repeating myself. And you said when you were coaching. So how did you get into coaching in the first place? Okay, so that's great. Um, Well, I mean, it started really early for me because after I left law, I was going to be a lawyer. I switched to psychology mm -hmm. and then philosophy as my majors. And I wanted, I got really into Jungian dream analysis and started studying all the psychoanalytic theory. And I wanted to be an analyst. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm a, I'm a therapist. Like that's what, you know, and I was already like, you know, holding space for my teachers and like professors. Like I'd come to their office and like I would go for help and they'd tell me their life story in 45 minutes and like break into tears. And I was like, They're like, wow, you have a gift. And I was like, I'm not doing anything. Mm. So I, I, I like people were already nudging me that direction. Um, but what I realized in coaching was I was working at a university, you know, and in, in their time frequency, which was not ideal. And I was working 50 hours a week and partying mm. every night and miserable. Um, so when I encountered the first entrepreneurs, which is when I moved to California, the Bay Area, I was like, this is it. They work four hours. I read Tim, Tim Ferriss, four hour mm. work week in a hyperbaric chamber in Santa Cruz, like meditating. And I read it in one day, not all of it in the chamber, but that's when I started reading it. And I was like, yep, this. And so I initially thought I was going to monetize a blog and become an mm. author um, and then failed a lot of different things. And yoga and personal training, I was like training clients in L.A., Like I realized this is basically coaching. Like we're doing fitness, but after the we do a, a fitness routine, I'm actually coaching them. Mm. So then I, I actually found a mentor that had a coaching company that was uh, transformational coaching. It was addiction recovery and psycho-spiritual integration mm. for people post Iboga and Ayahuasca, which I was very interested in as well. And I got certified. And that's when I got my first client. Mm. And then realized it was so lucrative for me. A big uh, Joe Polish, who I encountered when I was doing that nutrition salesman job, he has a beautiful acronym I really love, ELF. You want to make ELF money, easy, lucrative, and fun. <laughs> and coaching was so ELF for me. Easy, came easily, lucrative, like for my time versus the income, and, it, I, and I enjoyed it. So mm. that's what has become a full-time pillar for me in my business. Um, but also it, it enabled me to learn skills and systematize my practices to create an online course, mm -hmm. which is now where I'm kind of pivoting. I have my second one in the works right now. Do you find it's a good idea to start 
doing individual coaching to test the ground and learn and systematize and then move to an online program? 100%. It depends on where you're at. I needed to pay rent. Mm. I, I was I was like trying to make it as a coach only when I first started in LA five years ago. So, you know, if I had tried to build an online course then and sell that, uh, it wouldn't have happened. So it depends on where you are. If you're an entrepreneur right now, and you don't have clients or an online course, I would recommend getting five to 10 clients and mm -hmm. testing your theories and practices and your abilities and then systematizing that into a course. Um, if you're already corporate or you're hyper organized already and you have a body of work and you have capital, so you already have money to invest, um, creating a course first might be better because it's lower mm -hmm. investment of the personal time and hours. So you could run people through your online course before getting clients. So it, it really depends. Mm. Can you share a bit of the tools in that uh, online course about Flow States Mastery? Yeah, and I got to give a big shout out to Hal Elrod, the Miracle Morning. I don't know if you've encountered his work. He basically, in studying yoga and all these morning routines, um, he like beat stage four cancer and wrote this book, The Miracle Morning, which um, heavily influenced Flow State Mastery. Of course, I made it all my own and, and customized it heavily, but... Big shout out to Hal and his work because he's a huge inspiration to me. I met him actually when I was working for that company. Um, but yeah, I basically ba I, I separate the course into six weeks and six suites or pods of practices that for me and for most people I've worked with are the best way to power up your day and get into mm. effortless, like writing the Tao, hyper creative, hyper productive flow. And first one is meditation. Pretty simple. Roll your own, choose your style, whatever. Meditation is a staple. Second one's breath work. So breath work is a game changer. We did some breath work before this podcast. Breath work is my favorite one. No matter what I do each morning, even if it's only a five minute routine, breath work's a part of it. Even if I do breath of fire in a shower or I do a one Wim Hof mm -hmm. set, just a game changer. And I, and I break that down into multiple styles for upregulating or downregulating the nervous system. So there's many types. Third one is self-programming. So self-programming is a couple different practices. One's affirmation, which is really powerful, whether it's written or spoken. Another one is visualization. Mm. So all top athletes use this like for massive effect. Joe Dispenza is really popular right now for putting this stuff out there, but visualization is huge. Um, and then also in self-programming, there is like journaling or morning pages. So like writing out and just brain dumping as a way to offload cognitive mm. load so you can actually get into creativity. Mm. And, so, and also on these topics, if we're talking to the entrepreneur, maybe we can even make it more specific. For example, visualization, you could visualize yourself speaking on stage in front of an audience. If it's part of your business, you would totally. meditate on that. Well, there's different ways to use visualization. You can create an anchor memory or an emotional charge doing something like that. So for me, like my my biggest moment that I would visualize as an anchor to get body into state is me like delivering a freestyle in front of like 500 people on stage, raging, the DJ's vibing with me and like there's an energetic. Like, and if when I imagine that and fully visualize it, like my body responds as if I'm there, which then shifts my state positive and now I can work with that energy. Another way to use visualization is if you have a date coming up, you have a sales call, you have an event, a podcast you're about to record, you can repeatedly visualize the highest version of that outcome or timeline. And your subconscious mind doesn't tell a difference between past, present and future. It's just 
with the, the, the image. And, and, and a lot of people think they can't visualize because it's like you're not literally seeing it when you close your eyes, but your mental image, your imagination can do it. Even if you don't think it's working, it's working. And that's what I tell people. And, and it took me months to just like trial and error it. So if, you, if you're specifically in business, you know, visualizing sales call outcomes, visualizing um, your lifestyle, your mood, like you include everything. You want to involve as many senses as possible. So how does your body feel? How do you speak? What are you wearing? What's, what's the scent? You know, what are you eating? What, what's the emotional charge of your like outcome? You know, and it's not always about outcomes. It can be a general mm. positive thing that you're visualizing, but, um, specifics really help specific numbers, specific dates, especially if you're in business and you want to make money, mm. it's really useful to do that. Nice. So visualization and journaling was number three. Affirmation, yeah, self-programming, basically mm. programming and, and using hypnosis, mm. trance from the breath, breathwork and meditation to program yourself mm. for success. So that's number three. Um, number four is movement and nutrition. So this one's pretty self-explanatory. 10 to 20 minutes of some kind of movement. And the, the idea is that this is an hour or less morning routine, all mm. six practices. So you can do each one for 10 minutes. I usually customize. Um, So movement is huge and I, I teach all kinds of stuff, high intensity interval training, Qigong, yoga, kettlebells, sprinting, anything. Um, and then nutrition, you know, I'm a big proponent of intermittent fasting and like I love to just wake up, hyperhydrate, get alkaline immediately, lemon water, some kind of mineral mm. salt, spring water. And then I'll go for a juice, like zero sugar, or like some kind of tonic or elixir, whether that's a bulletproof coffee or tea or matcha or, um, or just a, a, a vegetable juice. And then, you know, nutrition is, I mean, it's all, it's all stuff that we kind of take for granted here, but grass fed, organic, wild caught, pasture raised, mm. farm to table, like, you know, just, I give a little mm. transmission Not on that. blend based. No, I, I, I enjoy meat and it's, and it's really serves me and my blood type. I've lived plant-based before. Um, I think plant-based works for some people. I don't think it works for others. Um, so yeah, that's the fourth one is some kind of movement and superpower nutrition mm. and also like supplements as a whole nother podcast. Um, number five is Tantra. So I call it tantric, um, activation or tantric energy and this one is kind of this is more of the free flow and expression so this can be anything where you're i'm using tantra in the broad sense of bringing awareness and love into union with reality so this is a practice of going into trance it can be sexual or sensual so self-pleasure or having sex obviously if you're if that's available to you for your morning routine probably the best flow trigger there is for me and i think a lot of people but this can also look like toning freestyle singing mm -hmm playing music. This can look like dancing, shaking, um, primal yell or screaming, like mm. anything to pop you completely out of your head and get into that trance of expression. Um, so there's a lot of different things and there's diff various types of breath works that become tantric as well, like microcosmic orbit or um, kriyas, many kriyas and kundalini yoga can pop you into that state. So that one's number five and that one's important because it, it's fun and it's not hyper structured like some of the other ones. So that to activate that creative flow. And then the sixth practice is reading. So whether it's an audiobook, a lecture, a book, like putting your attention and, and, and your awareness and reading a really powerful, inspiring piece of work. And I usually do audio. So I'll like mm. stack. I'll like read while I'm doing something else. And it's great. And you can stack that's, all these together. That's though. why I love podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. So yeah, if, if you do those six practices every morning, 
for at least five minutes each, I guarantee given some time, mm. you will enter more flow states more often. Mm. That's my experience. And so from flow, you find that you create and you're way more, way more easily and you're more effective. And you're in, in a better mood mm. and you're nicer to be around and you're more grateful and you're mm. healthier. Like it's just, you know, this is, this is the stuff they should be teaching in school. Mm. So, and, and this is one routine in the morning? Yeah, and you can do it any time during the day. Like okay. a big part of the course too is mapping your flow triggers. Mm. So a flow trigger is something that when you do it, you're more likely and, and efficiently and effectively able to enter a flow state. So mm. you want to map those. Like what is it for you? Mm. Like my number one is probably music and freestyle. Like mm. instantly, even if it's just in my head silently, it puts me into mm. a positive altered state where I'm like more creative and expressive and whatever you know for some people it might be going to the gym i think a lot of people mm. the pure physicality is their main flow trigger so it's just like you know if you go to the gym you're going to feel better and perform better mm. after one thing that um i mean uh, I, I was doing things like going to the gym and feeling better but there's um when i started doing improv five years ago there's a whole new world that opened to me and i know you're a lot into comedy and improv so i'm curious to know yeah i'm sure you recommend people to do a lot of these kinds of activities and i feel for me doing things like improv helped me a lot for my business also for everything in my life right help me uh, it's a collaboration you say yes and help me being more following my intuition, which a lot of people here in that chair talk about for uh, their business and being more confident in general, public speaking. So um, I know now you're doing a lot of comedy and storytelling. How has that helped you in your entrepreneurial journey? I mean, massively. I mean, it's interesting you bring it up and I haven't really thought about it like this, but the three practices every entrepreneur should do that's going to make them better at sales, creative, creativity, marketing, impact just owning their message is public speaking, comedy, improv, and freestyle. Mm. Like, and those are the three domains which I have excelled at, but I did not start good at them. I had to fail and be an idiot and be awkward a lot. And this was earlier in my mm. career when I was living in LA five years ago. Um, I started leading a lot of retreats and workshops because I had two dear brothers. We formed a brand together and just started, we just jumped into the event kind of industry. And the first exercise we used to do um, was called the confession session. So you get in a circle with 40 people for two minutes and mm -hmm. tell them everything that you don't want to tell them that would commit social suicide and completely ruin your reputation. And the amount of like emotional energy and heart pounding, like flow of like telling strangers that you're about to go deep with for like four days, like everything you're ashamed and embarrassed of, but like in a fun, like, you know, a container of like, mm. yeah, we want to receive this and we're not going to judge you. Like that is just like, And so comedy is, is like that, where if you have to embody a character and improv and tell a joke or just on the spot, you know, spontaneously improvise a line or a character or a scene, you can't be overthinking. You can't be mm. in your ego identity protecting something like you have to unleash the little inner child and you have to unleash the, the fun, silly parts of you, which for a lot of people, they're defending parts of their personality that they think are unrefined or aren't cool or don't fit into their idea of themselves. And meanwhile, that's a ton of energy you're wasting holding something mm. back. So for entrepreneurs, I mean, if you want to be a good salesman, if you want to be a good public speaker, 
improv is an amazing way to do this. Comedy is an amazing way to open up and let those channels flow. And, you know, like this is why in public speaking, even in TED Talks, they use humor to break the ice. So you can let humor go into the audience and for yourself to show more of yourself. And it just, it changes the field. And then you can share your message. And so any person in business for themselves, especially entrepreneurship, your, your voice and your message is going to be huge. Mm. And going on flow and being an entrepreneur, sometimes it's nicer when I'm in flow, but sometimes I feel, okay, there's a resistance here. And... It's hard to know sometimes if, okay, I should stop what I'm doing and do a practice that puts me in flow because I'm not, or if when there's a resistance, sometimes the work is actually to focus and do the little effort through that resistance. Do you have any advice there? Try both. Yeah. Like if you immediately run from resistance and try to change your state, which I used to do in the past, um, you'll never break through it. You'll just kind of flow over it and then it'll mm. come right back. So my experience, it depends on what the resistance is coming from. Mm -hmm. If it's deep, like limiting belief level, like core stuff. Yeah. You got to lean in and go right through it. Mm -hmm. If it's just like, I'm tired or hungry or anxious mm -hmm. or like distracted. Yeah. A practice will pop you right through. So it, it's, it's levels. Mm -hmm. There's levels to it. Because I'm, I'm asking because it's, I find you have a very good balance of also using masculine and feminine energy. I know you're, you're tantrika, you're, you're really tantrico. like tantra. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, similarly, I, I guess you must have learned a lot from Tantra and also balancing masculine and feminine um, for your entrepreneurial venture. 100%. I mean, when I was in academia and I was going to become a professor, I was pure mind, pure masculine, mm. just push, push, like rush, get it done, you know? And that's how I was taught. And that's how men are conditioned in the world. Even women, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my feminine, when it came online, when I started to realize there's this part of me that can flow and can like be spontaneous. I mean, it's, it's, it's a superpower now. And like those practices of comedy, of music, of, of, of poetry, of, of freestyle, Um, even of movement. That's why I always loved yoga and Qigong and also dancing because mm -hmm. it's not like just like a strict exercise. You know, there's a lot of room for flow. And if you give yourself over to the flow, but don't lose yourself, you unlock a massive reservoir of creativity and power that can flow through you. And this is also where all great ideas come from for business. Mm. Like, like all the best ideas I've had in business came when I was in a surrendered flow state mm. that was yin energy which you can name feminine but it was like i was pulling from the void from creation itself and then my masculine comes in and enacts it and structures mm. it for this dance you said without losing yourself yeah what did you mean as in if you completely lose all mooring to reality and you dissolve into the void that is actually quite maladaptive and you can see people who've fully done that i mean people that And I, and I don't agree with the diagnoses or whatever, but people that have gone fully into mental illness or people that have fully gone into um, just collapse. Mm. So they can't they can't really take care of themselves. They're not financially stable. They're not they may not even have a home. This is one of the dangers, especially for men mm. in the spiritual community, is they actually get swallowed by the void. And there's times where you need to do that and let fully go. But that's usually in a ceremony and an ordeal mm. while you're contained and doing it intentionally. Um, 
So yeah, just like in the yin yang, in the black paisley, there's a tiny bit of white. And that's that's where you can have the center in the storm. But if it went full black, you know, you're just in the void. Mm. And that's that's really to each their own. You know, it's for some people, maybe they can operate from that. I feel like some of these masters or like rishis or gurus, like they go there. And, and they have a map to get back or they have a map to like still be in the world. Mm. Or they're sitting around an ashram in a diaper all day and everyone feeds them. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. I'd like to open a conversation now on being niche versus um, combining different modalities. Because when I look at you, the spoken words, comedy, you're an entrepreneur, you're a coach, um, you do a high, high performance um, physical coaching too, and, and you're way more than that also. So you have all these and you combine a lot of things in your in your business and sometimes in business coaching people talk a lot about being niche so what's your feeling about being niche being known for one thing and almost labeling yourself under that guy even though you, you know you're way more than that but in the consciousness of others versus uh, actually presenting yourself as a brand as someone who is yes i'm an entrepreneur but i'm also a spoken word artist and i'm a traveler and this. yeah this is great and this actually came up in a session like two days ago like a huge process around this for a client i mean i am very generalist now because i have all these areas of interest so i've put energy into all of them and i have gifts for each one and really my, my meta gift is to speak. So it, it, it falls into multiple categories. However, in business, which the definition of business and the definition of wealth is having finances and assets that accumulate. So if you want to create money and value mm. and wealth, abundance. I would say money and impact. Impact, yes, totally. And that's money is just the tool for impact. Mm. So wealth and abundance, what do we do with it? You know, it's neutral energy. Now, if you want to do that and you're living in the world, um, you got to be specific. So mm -hmm. for someone who's starting out, you have to niche first. Like you just do. And like, sure, you can try to be general. So you can come out and no one knows who you are and you've never had a client. And you're like, I'm a yoga teacher and I'm a coach and I teach women's circles and I'm a copywriter and I do market. It's like, okay, which is it? You know, if you're going to do a transaction, with a customer or a client, you have to solve a specific problem. Mm. And that's what a lot of my work is for people just entering entrepreneurship is find the center point, find the ikigai, Japanese word for your reason for being, of what you're best at, what you most enjoy, what the world most needs, and what you can get paid for. Find the center point between those four and you will have a north star towards what your first mm. niche is. The good news is once you invest 20 days, 90 days, six months into that, and get it online, proof of concept, make some money, set up systems, move on to the next one. Mm. And that's what I've done. You know, I have multiple streams of income now because I, I took time to build each one. And I let go of a lot in the past because they were failed experiments. But I wouldn't have known unless I had tried. So it, it's tough because obviously a niche can encapsulate me or you, Alex, and what we do because we have so many gifts and so much to share. But in the business environment, 
it's very useful to have a containment field and a specific value add that mm. people can just receive and it's very simple and this is a big art to marketing and a big art to designing a product or service mm. and as you said and as you've done then you can open to the to yes. the next one so if you have like four or five interests you'd advise don't try to open the four or five at the same time you have time to do it later but focus on one first pick yeah. one yeah pick one pick your favorite one and then move from there mm. that's very helpful <laughs> um where yeah where do you see yourself going so maybe we talked a lot about flow states and those online programs and now you also have that book you have um you know, coaching a lot of people on the masculinity side again people can listen to the previous podcast about that um what's the evolution there and how do you see it uh, evolve in the next few years yeah i mean there's a lot of like there's a lot of gifts that i have to give that aren't online yet and so two that are really present for me are comedy so that, i mean that's in person stand up doing roasts which i've just dabbled in and then online like comedy content skit videos and audio that's like mm -hmm. just directly um just for like celebrating people and entertaining mm. but to go back to that when you start not doing comedy don't you feel that you're losing a bit the momentum you had on um flow states first and then men's work not really because it is a flow state for me mm. and it's going to fuel my business so I, I still will serve clients i still have my online course mm. um and i have my second online course my like school is the school of mastery so flow state mastery is my first course all about morning routines the next course launching this month is called masculine mastery so it takes men through king warrior magician mm. and lover the four archetypes and so those will be going and make money while I sleep. Mm. And I'm happy to keep sharing them and, and being present in those communities. But this is like a pure creative outlet for me that's mm. from overflow. So I don't need comedy to make me a single dollar. I don't need yeah. comedy to be viewed 10,000 times. It's just purely expression. And from a business standpoint, um, that fuels the rest of my business mm. as an expression. Yeah. And if it really takes off and I invest a little money into it, maybe mm. some ads here and there, maybe some branding, like it could become its own brand and then be yeah. monetized later. So that's the thing. That's the, mm. that's the beauty of being abundant as an entrepreneur is you have mm. the ability to create all these different streams. Um, but yeah, my book is also a big focus where, where me and the, I have two co-authors, Cattle Last and Daniel Dick, and we, we are going to write another book, like the addendum upgraded version of Sex, Masculinity, and God, the trilogues. Mm. So that's also on the plate. And I also feel my own books. Um, you know, we have a publishing company now and we self-publish. So I can see that being another avenue. Mm -hmm. um, also music, music and poetry. Like that's something I haven't really officially shared. So uh, yeah, another area where like comedy is mm. an overflow and a flow trigger for my business. Um, and yeah, I have a retreat. I have an in-person mastermind next year in July in Costa Rica. I did a, I did an online mastermind, my first one, where I took a group of 12 through A to Z building an online business and social media, flow hacking, how to make money, how to sell, how to market, all from integrity with zero, like mm. buying followers or any of the weird stuff, like organic AF. 
And so now I'm going to teach the in-person version mm. next year. So there's like a lot of, I have a lot of irons in the fire. I'm a Virgo. I mean, I just... For the mastermind, did you already do in-person before? No, it was all no, online was during like the peak of Corona. How was it online? It was amazing. I mean, we, we created a real community in Pulse. You know, we had a, a big drop-in call every two weeks and we had a group that we were constantly sharing and supporting each other. And nice. multiple people in that mastermind went from like, zero to 100 we're like you know they might some of them some of them fully quit their jobs and moved and like they had nice. full life transformations others of them still have their job but they're fully writing a blog now or they're fully seeing clients now and creating content nice. so that was a real joy to be mm. to be in that role which I, that was the first time i've done it on my own i've co-hosted and, and spoken and taught in masterminds but to to create my own from start to finish mm. was really rewarding this year mm. nice I know that's something you do as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I've had you at one of um, the only online mastermind I did, actually, and I'll have you soon uh, at a physical in-person yeah, one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You talked about your previous online courses being passive income, basically. Mm -hmm. um, how do you manage that to market that? Because so then you don't spend time on them. And how do people find them? Because that's the dream. Yeah, I mean, that, that is the dream. And um, I'm definitely an amateur at it. Like, I don't claim to be an expert at this. It's something I, I just launched Flow State Mastery last year on 1111. Mm -hmm. So it's been out a little over a year. And it's more than paid for itself. So it is profitable and it feels great. But yeah, with the services out there right now, Mighty Network, Teachable, Kajabi, I mean, there's incredible platforms that do mm -hmm. everything for you. You just create the content. You create the sales page and then you market it. And so my marketing was almost all organic. So when people reach out to me, when people are on my newsletter, they come to my YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and they want to work with me, but they're not ready or prepared mm. to invest in like mentorship. This is a bridge. So this is an offering and a bridge where I'm like, hey, like obviously the first zero step, zero point is like the freemium. Like they can download my ebook online for free. Um, Or they can, you know, make a small investment and mm. take a six week online course that has a full curriculum and videos to walk you through all the practices. Mm. And so that is really amazing. And because of the automation available within these these systems and programs, you know, someone can land on it, take a free webinar, buy the course, take the whole course and then ask me questions via email in a group. And I'm the whole time I, I could be asleep and then mm. I could show up later and, and communicate. So that's really amazing. It's like cloning yourself and letting yourself teach others in this, in this mm. platform. And you know, the online education industry is a billion dollar industry and it's growing rapidly. So it's not too late to make online courses and education. In fact, you know, the best time to make an online course was about five years ago. And these platforms came around second best time is today mm. because you know, the internet is only growing in reach. There's only about a billion to 2 billion people online right now. There's 7 billion on the planet. So do the math. Like we're still, we're still in the early digital age. Mm. Like it's not saturated. It's not like, this is a big myth that, uh, yeah. you know, just, just look at the numbers. Yeah. Same with, you know, coaching, same with podcasts, all exactly. the things. Yes. Um, yes. Five years ago was a better timing, but still <laughs> a really sure. good time now. Hmm. Um, Yeah, it's interesting also um, when I'm, I'm pondering sometimes from just a business perspective, because I, here I look at it from an entrepreneurial perspective and, and, and business, um, how you evolve, but you can 
keep it in a way that serves still is in, in your mission and in alignment and how you can not lose the people while navigating that. So I don't know if you have, if you're intentional about, do you rebrand your Instagram? Do you change that uh, constantly as you evolve? I haven't in a while, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really the last two years have kind of settled into what mm -hmm. I teach, which is like business, Tantra, flow. And then mm -hmm. like, you know, there's a lot of different offerings within that, but yeah, I mean, the, the core for me is, is around repurposing and effortless ease. So mm. I'm not trying to like reinvent the wheel. Like if I create a piece mm. of content, it goes out to all my channels. Mm. If I create a course or program, I just fully launch and ride that mm. and let everything be about that. And, you know, the community, the people that are the true fans and like the, the real clients and allies, they're always there and they're, mm. they're aware and, and here. And, you know, I, I really wonder about social media. There's so much censorship this year and new platforms coming out. Like I've been hearing a lot about Parler right now. And, you know, I, I have not spent money to buy fake followers or go into those kind of routes of like hyper growing my accounts. They're all organic and like from many years of like blood, sweat and tears. And I'm proud of them. And I've started to detach. I've been offline more this year than I ever have mm -hmm. in my career as an entrepreneur. Like, like spending almost weeks, I think, yeah, a few times this year, weeks without opening a social media app. And that felt amazing. Mm. And I'm really aware of how much impact we can have and how much impact you're having with a show like this. And it does feel like dharma. It feels like duty to, to, to write it while it's here and really share the positive memes. We need to spread positive memes. And I'm not talking about silly pictures of cats. A meme is the core unit of an idea. It's a, it's a gene for ideas. And so we need good memetics because the memetic atmosphere right now is toxic and full of mis misinformation and agendas from ideologues. And like what's cool about the Internet is it's like rebel radio. You know, that was an idea for a podcast title as well. Rebel radio. It's like we are the folklorist on the ground human beings we're not ceos of a corporation sharing the realness and that's what is the world needs right now is more mm -hmm. of the grassroots mycelial network of light leaders sharing their message so we can create this structure you know the sacred geometric economies and systems and governance to navigate a new humanity so so that's a highfalutin way of saying social media matters and like this entrepreneurial mm. stuff matters, creating courses, books, podcasts. And that's why I do it because, you know, what else are you going to do? You can go live on an ashram and pretend the world doesn't exist and meditate your days away. I've, I've thought about that. I'm sure you have too. Mm -hmm. Or you can get a job at some corporation and they'll have a plan for you. They'll hand you a plan and, and you can live it out. And to each their own. I think some of them are doing good. I choose entrepreneurship though. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and um, what I like with podcasts, I know you have a podcast too, is then we can also go deeper yeah. rather than social media that uh, yeah, can be a bit limited and a lot of censorship. Um, I want to thank you because I follow you a lot and you've been speaking up a lot. We won't go into that rabbit hole today, mm -hmm. but I think it's important. And thank you for having the, the courage to yeah, to show up on that. We're going to um, finish that episode very soon. What are very simple actions the listener can take right now to be more in flow or to put them on that route to be more in flow, and especially for the entrepreneur? 
very simple actions. Yeah, the three simplest things I can think of that I say all the time is like, yeah, create a morning routine. It's mm -hmm. so hot right now. Everybody's talking about it, but do it. And, and like, you know, don't stress about it. Minimum effective dose. Mm -hmm. Like five minutes of breath work is, it could be better than two hours of like, mm -hmm. like a full workshop in okay. your bedroom. But whatever works, you know, that's, that is a key thing. Like, and, and relating to, I mean, that's obviously also relating to business, but maybe the, for the two others, uh, a bit more directly on growing a, a soul aligned business. Totally. I mean, yeah, the, the morning routine definitely feeds it, but specific business, I mean, take advantage of video. Like we are in an age of video, whether it's your ads, whether it's your courses, whether it's your marketing sales, whatever, like take advantage of video. Like I feel like the biggest thing that leveled me up was live video. When Facebook mm -hmm. Live first came out, I made a challenge with me and my business partners at the time. It's like, let's go live every single day. And I look like a fucking idiot if you go look at the old ones. I was going to say, were you already speaking really well when you started? No, no. Mm. It was a learned thing. Like good, I, good to know. I was like umming all the time and awkward and not even looking in the lens of the camera, looking at my face and just like, you know, you can, this is all for posterity. You can go on my YouTube channel and watch these videos and it's, it's cringeworthy. But I did it and I put in the time and I put in 10,000 hours on camera at this point easily. And, and that is the ultimate business tool. If you're doing business in 1920, you could pay to get a radio slot and speak to like a city on the radio on an AM wavelength or like a telegram, you know, even before that. We have a streaming HD video. Mm. It's a powerful business tool. Um, and number three is like, it's cliche, Alan Watts said it a lot, but if you make your work play, you'll never work another day in your life. And so a lot of entrepreneurs that I coach, that I help rebalance themselves, are full high performance burnout mm. and they're just they're crushing something that's lucrative but it's not easy or fun for them mm. so they burn out and that's a huge thing for i think a lot of people in business right now make your side hustle the one that's lucrative but not easy or fun make your main thing something that you truly enjoy mm. and like it's so obvious but when I, when I work with these entrepreneurs that have been in the game a while, six figures and up, that's their, that's their number one lesson. Mm. And they all the, I wish I should have, could have, would have like start now. If you're mm. listening to this podcast and you're just starting, make that move now. You're mm. going to be so much better off and you're going to make way more money because mm. you enjoy it. So you can combine three and two. You can start now and do a little video. You can tag us at the light leaders. And, um, and tell us in that little video when you're starting, when you're starting now. Bingo. <laughs> little challenge for the listener. Thank you so much, Kevin. How can people follow you and what's next for you? Yeah, Alex, really, really great conversation, man. Is, this, is it just really good coffee or are we vibing right now? I'm, uh, I'm vibing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's my name on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Kevin Oris, O-R-O-S-Z, um, Kev underscore Oroslan on the gram, on IG, um, KevinOris.com. You can find out about all my stuff. Um, for the specific stuff we talked about, though, the course is FlowStateMastery.com. So that's the six-week course, which is all about morning routine, flow activation. And my book is on Amazon and you can read about myself and the co-authors and our mission at sexmasculinitygod.com. 
and I would really appreciate more feedback on that. It's making its rounds right now. Um, but interesting enough, more women are reading it. So it's, it's, it's great. It's written to the, a male view, but there's a lot of codes in there. So I'm really excited about that. And yeah, mm. if you want to go back and watch those awkward first YouTube videos, you can find my channel. <laughs> thank you so much, Kevin. And thank you yeah, again for speaking up, for being such a, an inspiration and being very consistent, uh, exploring those different ways of being and supporting the beautiful mission of creating the golden age. Thank you so much. And thank you to the listener, of course. And Kevin, if you have a last word for our listener. Yeah, thank you, Alex. Really grateful we finally did this, bro. Um, yeah, the message to the listener is that your life is a quest and an adventure to be confronted with an open heart. And if you imagine it to be so, it is. So your initiation as a human being at the forefront of this species, if you're listening to this podcast, I know that's you. Um, conceive of your life and as, as an adventure and it will be so. Thank you for taking some of your precious time to listen to this podcast. If you stayed until the end, I assume it was insightful. If you like this podcast, please share with friends. Remember that if you tag us in your Instagram story at the Light Leaders Podcast, we will repost. Tell us what you've learned. You can also leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Now, if you think I can help you grow your soul mission business, you can register for a free 15-minute coaching call with me. Go to www.thelightleaders.org slash free call. Thank you again and let's co-create the Conscious New Earth together.